basically defines addiction as twofold, right? So for guys listening, it's do, doing it despite consequences. So like, if you, are there consequences to your porn use? And are you still doing it despite that? And secondly, you're, comp- you're doing it compulsively, which means you kind of do it on autopilot. Like you just catch yourself staring at pictures and you're thinking to yourself, how did I get to this website? I don't even remember clicking on it. So those two things are another markers of addiction. As far as solution-based, I see the biggest mistake men make is they- Masculinity for the intelligent man. I'm David Tien, PhD, and this is Man Welcome to the Man Up Podcast. It's been a while. This is Man Up, Masculinity for the Intelligent Man. And I'm David Tian. For the past 14 years now, I've been helping hundreds of thousands of people in over 87 countries attain success, happiness, and fulfillment in life and love. And I'm joined here by a good friend, Josh Hudson, who uh, helps men as a licensed therapist, uh, especially quitting porn. And he's been doing this for over eight years already. And welcome, Josh. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. <laughs> Great to have you on. It's been a while. So I wanted to just yeah. give a background of this, how I got into this topic uh, through our uh, relationship, through working with you here and helping guys in this area. So one of uh, the things we did last year was you reached out about a new course or program that you've got running yeah. and it looked really good. So I sent that out uh, and we did a quick webinar and um, let you go into more detail on the course program in that. And it got a lot of really good responses from my audience. And I got lots of detailed responses by email and various messaging platforms. And I didn't realize how big of a problem porn use is, especially among men who are younger than me. I'm turning 45 this year. And it it was shocking that it was normal for them to be using porn every day. Like that all their friends were using it every day. What the, the standard or the threshold for what was considered, what they would consider addicted would be like many hours each day. So it wasn't, so it was like, they're asking, am I addicted? Cause mm-hmm. I use it every day and it's only an hour a day, but I, sometimes I have to, I feel like I need to use it in the middle of the day. So that kind of is disruptive to my life. Right. Is this, is this addiction? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yes, of course it is. But, yeah. but all my friends do that too. And everyone I know, they're, and they're, it was almost like, so some of the messaging was like, you don't do it like that either. <laughs> like yeah. they were thinking everybody does. So I was wondering why did I not realize this until like now working uh, with you um, with on this, like promoting this program of yours. And uh, I'm, I'm a Gen Xer. So uh, like, again, I'm 45. So I didn't have access to internet porn until I was already getting pretty good at, at, at pickup. It was back then I was a pickup coach. Right. Yep. And it was almost like a, a sign of defeat if I have to open up the browser. And so it was sort of like, if you got nothing that week, <laughs> well, you get this, you know, and, and R- was, result, here's results of Pamela Henderson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Here's your consolation prize. Right. <laughs> um, and then, so before that, like, so guys are growing up with porn now, I guess is, they're, if the, student, the moment they get their first device, an iPhone, iPad, whatever it is, they'll yep. figure out a way to get around the parental controls and boom, it's so easy yeah, to get to. So easy. So I assume like some of them are seeing their first uh, full-on penetration, like eight, nine years old. And yeah. that's crazy. So my first time even seeing a vagina, like a photo, I mean, not even yeah. a real thing, was like <laughs> 14 years old, I think. And uh, well, actually, that's not true. We had in middle school, uh, some guy who lived there was a house near the bus stop and this guy had a, a stack of old penthouses and playboys in a 
like wrapped up and he threw them by the trash pickup. Yeah, I've heard that story before. He's waiting at the bus stop like, what is this? Yeah, yeah. Like finding gold, but they were all old. His wife made made him throw them out. Yeah, Yeah, right. (laughs) 100%. 100%, I've heard that story before from multiple men. Yeah, Yeah. so that was it. Like you have to, and we are looking at him, but you don't get to take him home. They're sort of like library use among the the guys (laughs) and and they're used. So, you know, (laughs) so, um, so it wasn't, I remember like in, undergrad you'd still have to you'd buy them like magazines because you wouldn't want to get dvds because you'd have to drive out to some really far away like really sleazy looking place yeah and if you walk in there it's just like an assumption your life sucks like you're in the parking lot like <laughs> my life sucks i'm just gonna go in there and, yeah. <laughs> and if you rent it you know you have to come back so it's like oh fuck the shame yeah, yeah the shame the embarrassment yeah definitely the shame and then the, the comedian store where you have magazines at the top you're kind of waiting until there's no women around and you sneak it in and then you hide it behind a sports illustrated. You walk up to can, there's some guy behind it. Like you still want the sports illustrated. <laughs> it's like, you know, like he's he knows like, what's he up. Knows, he knows puts it in a brown up. paper bag. Yeah. That's how hard it was to, for my generation to get access to that. So I can only imagine now how, how, how much of a dopamine rush, how easily that is to tripwire our normal mental condition or control around um, these very stimulating, um, sources so you're the expert on this uh you've been working on this with a lot of guys for for many years so i'm going to throw it over to you like how how bad is the situation maybe even explain it to me i'm quite curious to 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 know this better as a gen xer yeah i mean i how do we really truly know how bad it is i can only go off of the numbers and the personal stories of the clients i've worked with right and i was much like you even and i'm a generation below when I started making videos on like how to quit porn, I didn't think it was going to be that successful. I knew my struggle, but as men, we don't talk about this, right? This is not something we go to our bros and be like, man, I'm having a struggle watching too much porn. Like that rarely ever happens. Right. And so, but especially with our generation, the younger generations, they're getting access. Doctor, I get emails from guys that are literally 10 and 11 years old trying to like quit porn and I can't help them because I don't help anyone wow. under 18, but like, I'm like, Hey, watch these videos, but it's sad. Right. But a lot of men, we don't talk about this and we don't look at the detrimental effects, but I mean, yeah, there's so many things out there where we just blindly accept it because everyone does it. So it must be okay. Right. Yeah. There's been, I'm not going to mention the things across history, but think of all the things across history where the mass majority of society did it. And then we look at, we look at it decades and centuries down the road. We like, wow, I can't believe we did that. I think porn's going to be one of those things like, wow, I can't believe we did that. Uh, I could be wrong, but it's, there's, so many detrimental effects that I can get into right now if you want, but I mean, yeah. just let's, so let's get into, yeah. Just so why is this so bad? Why is this, how, how would this affect a guy in, in other areas of life where if he spends an hour a day jerking into porn, yeah. how will that, what are the, the downstream effects? Yeah. Before I go down into that, I just want to say like if anyone listening, like if you think, do I really have this as an, is this really something that I'm struggling with? Try to give it up by yourself for 30 days, maybe 60. And if, if your gut reaction is like, I don't want to, or I don't know if I can, or if you try and you can't, like I was, it's a lot more <laughs> of a problem than you think it is. But um, if we go across the board from like the biological, psychological, social aspects, like, I mean, we talked about dope, we already mentioned dopamine, right? So those listening, dopamine is that incentive molecule, the more dopamine we have in our, in between our synapses, we're more motivated to do something, right? So there's a famous chart and study saying that like, when you go to eat food, 50% of your dopamine receptors are activated. When you go to have sex, it's a hundred percent. Right. And so porn is like equivalent to the sex. And so like a lot of your dopamine is being flooded in and when you're constantly getting this rush of dopamine, 
your, your, your brain shuts off these gates in between. So when you're not watching the porn anymore, you become less motivated. There's less dopamine in your system. That's why it creates things like brain fog. You're just less energetic, less creative. And that becomes your new default state. And so like by quitting porn, you're thinking you're becoming more energetic, more creative, but no, that's, that's your default state. But porn is numb to you so much. Right. And so that's, that's just a neurological impact. And then, and you want to talk about like relationships, Mm. A lot, a lot of your audience is into dating, right? And like in success with, you know, social interactions. If you talk about women for one second, and that's, so here's a couple of things that just watching porn does with your interactions with women. So one, the objectification, right? That's pretty self-explanatory. When you're watching these women, you don't consider that they have emotions, they have motivations, they have their own problems. So when you're talking to these girls, you're just, you're thinking immediate access, immediate access, immediate sex. And when you get shot down and rejected, you're like, I'm just going to go watch porn because it's going to give me what I want. Why do I have to go through this rejection, this shit test, all these problems if I can just go get that immediate access, right? Even though it's not fulfilling. All right. And then the other thing is, man, this one's kind of more debatable. And I want to know what you think about this. But when you're watching someone else have sex with someone else, that's putting you in a, I hate, the, I hate this term, but like simpish beta mentality because you're being an observer. You're not, you're not engaging in it. You're watching someone else have sex with a girl. So it's like the definition of a simp. Right. And so you become more like this passive observer in the mating dynamic. Right. And so yeah. when you're in the bar, you're like, you're going to be a voyeur. You're going to be watching other people talk to girls. You're just going to be sitting there with your drink in your hand, frustrated. Mm. And so those are just two effects with the, with the girls yeah. that I've seen with, uh, cause if you stop watching it, there's just one more study that I want to throw in there is <laughs> if you stop watching porn and masturbating for seven days, the study I showed, I can link this to you. 170, 143% increase in testosterone. Oh yeah. yeah. That's yeah. That's I know. I know about that. Yeah, and like <clears throat> think of the like so, the motivation that you <clears throat> see a girl, you're just like I want to go talk to her, right? Just automatically. Yeah. So one of the biggest downsides of porn use among guys who are in trying to get better with dating, and and if you're already in a relationship, is that you start to prime your mind, your or your, your brain, to only be stimulated by that stimuli. <clears throat> yeah. And the problem is most of the porn that guys are watching is not in the angle of a POV. So there is POV porn. Of course. Um, yeah. But most of it is looking at it from a weird angle that you would never see it at if you were actually the guy doing it. Mm -hmm. And then it becomes that you need to see it, right? So then you, you, you might put up a whole bunch of mirrors around trying to get that angle that you're used to. Uh, and until, and then the, so that, that's one of the issues, right? So um, you're, you're getting used to sex being a certain way that it very rarely ever is. And in order for you to take that angle, it would mean that as you were saying, you're not even involved. Uh, you're the guy watching. And the other one is, is part of the objectification is it's, it, it will be the case that you will treat the women as just things for you to use. So you'll just be very, it'll reinforce the self-centeredness, which will make it hard for you to form emotional connections. But even then when she does start to act as an agent with free will. So she's not like, um, oh, Mr. Mailman, uh, what, you know, like this, the kind of, but she's actually coming back at you with stuff that, you know, that now you actually have to connect or go back and forth and banter. <clears throat> you, you, you're immediately feeling bad about yourself because it's, it's like, oh, it's not going the way it's supposed to. And, and there must be something about me, right? So it could be, you take the narcissist view of, oh, you're not good enough for me. I want the next girl. Yep. Or it could be you, you blame yourself and you go in and then you have very few resources to deal with um, that kind of back and forth where it's not gonna be sex right away. <clears throat> and then it makes it hard for you to just interact with other human beings as a human being, if you're so focused on the sex.
Yep. And uh, the, one of the other biggest things that I don't hear people talk about is, so women like to be seduced and they like to take their time with the seduction process. If you think about in the bedroom, they don't want, as men, we want straight to the point, straight to the point. Yeah. And if you're training your brain to, I want to have sex as soon as possible, it's you're coming across as needy, right? Like, I'm, like I talked for five minutes, give me your number. Oh, I, I texted you for two text messages. Let's go hang out immediately. The girl wants to have this back and forth a little bit. And if you're constantly watching porn, you're thinking, oh, I don't need to delay my gratification. I don't, I don't need to fall in love with the process of seducing the girl, of the game, right? The game is fun. And I think when guys watch porn a lot consistently, they're learning that they don't want to play the game. They just want that immediate access. Yeah. And then the way that they, yeah, absolutely. So the seductive process is lost. The uh, biggest uh, sexual organ in a human being, but especially in a woman, is her brain. Yes. And they're not good at, at stimulating that. And then it becomes the type of sex that they have, which is just sort of this, just bam. Kind I didn't of thing. Even, I, yeah, I didn't even go into ED, like the amount of men that I work with that have perform, uh, sexual performance issues, you know, that they're able yeah. to finally seduce a girl and then they can't get it up. And, you know, there's a book called Your Brain on Porn by Gary Wilson. I'm sure you've heard of it, but for your audience, mm -hmm. Your Brain on Porn by Gary Wilson. And it talks about consistent recent studies about the sexual performance issues and as a direct mm -hmm. relation to the porn use. Yeah, Your Brain on Porn. Yeah, I mean... It's for over a decade when I was working in uh, the dating coach, specifically dating coach area, yeah. guys would take the techniques, strategies and methods and then do great. But then the one area that I didn't like, uh, I didn't anticipate and that I wasn't really, this isn't, this isn't what they paid me for, but to help them with their porn use, it just, it fails them. So they get to the end, the, the end uh, goal there at the end zone. And now they can't perform. Mm -hmm. But they they got there consistently, but now it's it's and it's not it's not what they had anticipated, not what they had hoped or anticipated yeah. or expected, because yeah. they had trained their brain on uh, porn, which is unrealistic depiction of uh, good sex. Okay, so um, I want to figure out how you got into this. So let's talk okay. about that. Oh man, it's kind of the, it's it's so cliche, but I kind of fell into it, right? Um, I remember, uh, so throughout college, I didn't think porn was an issue. And then um, I started working after, through grad school, I started working with sex offenders, the last population of people I'd ever thought I'd work with. And I heard this story about this man who, normal job, very articulate, was with a woman who had a daughter and um, he watched child porn of all porns, right? And came to me as a sex offender because he got caught. And this guy started off normal, normal history throughout his life, you know, no sexual abuse. And he, and he was just addicted to the escapism, the isolation and porn was always that vehicle for him to make him feel okay. And what happened with doping down regulation is you want more novelty, more, it's a, it's a very male trait to go for more novelty, more novelty. And, you know, the internet porn provides an endless supply of this. And so he basically kept on watching more and more deviant porn to the point, and studies can show this, that, that he started watching just more and more taboo stuff. And then he got illegal. And then just that, that connection with that, you know, taboo nature and the sexual arousal was just so interconnected in his mind that it led him down a dark path. So for me, like that scared me. So I was like, I'm going to stop watching porn. And I tried to use willpower and it got me to like 50 to 60 days or a little bit more. And then I, I thought I had it. I, I, I was walking home from the gym. I just did a PR and the squats. I saw this cute girl. I walk up to her, I get her number. I go back inside my house and then all the adrenaline and the pre-workout mixed together, like created this concoction, this huge urge. And I go watch porn for like four hours straight after like 60, 70 days of not watching it. And I was like, what happened? And I watched a deviant, disgusting, dark porn that I never thought I would watch. And I, I looked at myself in the mirror and I was disgusted with myself. I saw, I said, have I ever watched that ever again? I, I wanted to take my own life. That's how I felt. And so I got to figure this out. That's why I, I had to figure this out. So for me, it started off with just my own personal, saving my own life. 
like, and so I started putting content out there on my channel and I didn't realize a lot of other guys were struggling with the same issue because we repress this. We don't talk about this in our society, mm -hmm. but you look at porn searches, the amount, the amount of people, the amount of porn visits per year, per day, and the types of porn that are watched. Pornhub has their statistics about what we watch. It's very, it's not normal vanilla porn. It's very deviant and like twisted. And there's like incest, incest stuff. Right. So it's not normal porn. And, and I was like, you know, what? I'm going to save my life. I'm going to go to grad school. I'm going to figure this out, like how to overcome this addiction. And I've seen what could happen to me if I don't figure this out. And then other men just had the same issue and they just resonated with the material. And I was like, you know, I want to help guys figure this out because it took me all through grad school to you know, finally overcome this thing. And so, yeah. 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 It's interesting how it gets more and more extreme that you need more and more, it's just like any other addiction. This, mm -hmm. The old stuff doesn't do it for you anymore. And then it's just this downward spiral. It's yeah, under your control, hundred percent. And, and it's it's yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, and a big part of it, I think, it seems like it is control. So if you're still wondering whether you are addicted, um, go ahead and, and try to to stop on your own, so that you at least can see you get a baseline. Because one of the things that I've noticed for the guys who have been writing in, um, asking if they are addicted or not, uh, a really good sign is can you just can you stop, and how hard is it for you to stop? And a lot of guys, it's like it's a big deal to just go without porn for like three days yeah, or a week. Mm -hmm. And like to, to think, Oh, it's, you can be a, to possibly be a casual user, like the way drinking, you can be a casual drinker, uh, but not if you are addicted and if you're not getting to the root issues of the addiction, right? That, that, yeah. so, so maybe we can move into some of these solutions. So we've kind of sure. painted this picture of the reality of the situation nowadays with the ready availability of online porn and how damaging it can be in all these different facets of your personal life and professional life. Um, what can they do about it? Yeah. Before I, I say that, I just want to say one other thing. Uh, Dr. Gabar Mate, the addiction specialist oh, yeah. in Montreal, mm -hmm. he basically defines addiction as twofold, right? So for guys listening, it's do, doing it despite consequences. So like, if you, are there consequences to your porn use? And are you still doing it despite that? And secondly, you're, comp you're doing it compulsively, which means you kind of do it on autopilot. Like you just catch yourself staring at pictures and you're thinking to yourself, how did I get to this website? I don't even remember clicking on it. So those two things are another markers of addiction. As far as solution-based, I see the biggest mistake men make is they think, so there's the surface level needs and then there's the real level needs. And the metaphor I always use is imagine right now there's like a water pipe leaking, like a dripping of down on my ceiling to my head, right? Now, what guys will try to do with the solution is like they'll use willpower or just basic information to, and that's basically equivalent to like duct tape, you know, duct taping the ceiling. But what's going to happen is that water's still going to be leaking, right? And it's eventually going to just burst and blow out. And that's like a relapse for a lot of guys. So instead, you go to the source of where the pipe is leaking and fix it at the source. And that's a lot of the deep internal psychological work that we're both trained in, right? So you're not watching porn, porn because you're bored. You're not watching porn because it just you're, you're turned on. You're watching porn because you're lonely. You're stressed out. You lack purpose in life, right? Uh, it was Viktor Frankl, I think, Man Search for Meaning. He said, like, we distract ourselves with pleasure when we lack meaning in life, right? So ultimately, you're not, you're not watching porn because you're bored. You have, you're, you're lacking purpose or you're lacking connection, which is a huge piece, especially with COVID. I've seen a lot of men struggling with their porn use because there's this, we're lacking social connection more than ever, you know? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Now, obviously, the deeper it goes, the bigger it gets and the more time you would need to unpack it. And it's one thing to just explain uh, a psychological process intellectually. And it's another to go through it emotionally. And in the, uh, we're basically working with the parts of the unconscious. Um, but let's do a little bit of that, just so preview like a teaser, like what is oh, yeah. it actually that we need to do then? So yeah. what, yeah, what, can you give us a taste of what that would oh, be like? I will give it, yeah, I'll, 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 100%. Um, so 
a lot of the exercises I have guys do is first, like when you have an, your next urge or your desire to watch porn, stop yourself for a second before, like allow yourself to act on it if you want. If you still want to watch it, watch it. But before you do, take a second before that, before that stimulus, before you respond to that stimulus and say, why am I truly watching this? Talk to yourself, have a conversation with yourself. One of the exercises I use, I don't know if you heard of the book, Feed Your Demons, uh, mm-hmm. Dr. Dr. Tian. Yeah, it's like you imagine that urge or that emotion as a separate entity inside of you that has a, a strong desire to do something and you talk to it, you talk to yourself. Imagine seeing yourself with this like, you know, this guy's like, I'm really bored, I need this pleasure, like I wanna go do something. And like, as be the, be the calm, mature adult, be like, okay, I see you. I see you, child, that you want to have this pleasure. You you want to escape to some boredom, and then ask him what they really need, and and then he might he might not he's not going to say I want pleasure. He's going to say I need security, or I need some purpose in life, or I need to feel okay, or I need to distract myself. You'll get the real reason why you're doing it. So that's one thing I do. Another thing I do is from James Clear, Atomic Habits. He talks about the environmental change, right? That's an aspect of change as well. Like, what is it in your environment that's triggering you? So a lot of guys, when I say environment, it's it's their phones, right? It's social media. Like Instagram, TikTok, like all these things. Guys follow hot girls all the time. We see these hot girls and it reminds us, oh, I'm single right now. I'm lonely. I'm going to go have that connection through a computer. Bill W., the creator of Alcoholics Anonymous said, we're trying to find God at the end of every bottle, every alcoholic is. I think we're trying to find love and connection at the click of every mouse as men through porn. And so like, you're probably not really wanting to watch porn. You don't want to connect with a woman, right? And so recognizing and stopping yourself before you take action and to watch porn and say, what am I really trying to get here? And then go get that fulfilled need, not the external source that's empty, right? So there's, there's a difference between connecting with someone in person versus connecting over a computer screen. And so the last thing I would say to someone right now listening is the next time you're with someone, connecting with them one-on-one, either, even a guy or a girl, or you're with a bunch of friends having a good time, on a scale from one to 10, 10 being like a very strong urge, zero being non-existent, what was your urge level at when you were connecting with people? It was probably for most men, it's one or a zero. They didn't really care to go watch porn because they're connecting. It's that social connection that we crave. And so for a lot of these guys, it's understanding the source, right? The true reason why we do it, changing your environment, your social, like getting rid of those triggers and then connecting with people. Those are like the main three, I would say. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I have a lot to say about each. So the, the way that you're dealing with the stimulus response and that gap is beautiful. That's something that is very much in line with uh, one of the main modalities that I use, which is IFS therapy yes. and the, the parts work. So what it sounds like what you're doing there is have, having them speak to one of their parts from like a healthy, mature adult mm-hmm. um, self. And that's absolutely powerful and what needs to be done. And um, that's a really deep way of approaching it. So that's, that's awesome. Um, to have nothing more to say to that than to just to say, that's awesome. <laughs> but uh, and the, the environmental changes, everything. Like part of the, why I was explaining my old, old man story about being from Gen X is because <laughs> we didn't have the same environment. Like that's why we didn't fall. Like I probably exactly. would have become addicted to porn too, but I just didn't have the same environment. And if you can set up your environment so that you can control these devices, I mean, even this, the devices them, themselves are such dopamine down regulation type of uh, addictive device. You see a, a five-year-old child pick up an iPad and it's just, they know how to go through it better than I do, right? And they, like soon they will find back doors to things and know where all the apps are. Yep. And they know exactly how to get more whatever tokens in their game and all that stuff. And, and they're like seven years old. And then if, you, if, you, if you've ever seen a child who has access to um, a touchscreen device, and then you take it away from them for very long. You there see them go, oh, I can't handle it. I need so it. Much I need anxiety. it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's, it's crazy. I saw that insane. happening with my nephew and then having it's to deal insane. with that. It's yeah. yeah. And just the actual device itself, it, even if you were to substitute the content, 
it could just be a game. And I, mm -hmm. I think just these addictive, it's so easy to without going, if you don't go to do the healing or the, or if you don't address the deeper psychological issues, you might uh, conquer your porn addiction and then just substitute it with another addiction. Yep. So you, going deep is, is the only real way to, to uproot it at its source because addicts are, they can, they might quit the alcohol and then just take up a drug addiction or quit the drug and take up a sex addiction. Or they'll just smoke 10 packs of cigarettes a day and oh, yeah. pour coffees yeah. and <laughs> just switch the coping mechanism or the coping substance. Um, so yeah. then the environment will help you. Environmental change will help you. It'll be more come like, it'll bring it to the fore and make it more um, stark for you that how badly things, how bad things are. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, the connection is so great. Cause like, uh, I hadn't thought of it that way, but like dudes yeah. love to still sit around and chat with their buddies. Have you heard of Rat Park, the study, right? Oh, of course. Yeah. Yes. That's well, a deep we, one. I feel like we should share that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we talk about that. Yeah. It's, it's, so, okay. Yeah. It's really relevant to this. So, you, um, so basically, the, the scientists uh, did an experiment on a rat and he put, gave him normal water and cocaine water. They're like, okay, so let's see what they choose. The, the rat chose like 95% of the time cocaine water. Another guy's looking at it. He's, another scientist is like, well, let's wait a second. Let's put this rat in an environment that kind of mimics actual his natural habitat and see if he still goes to the drug. So he made rat park, which is with all these other female rats. He could have sex with games, lots of food. The rats only went to the cocaine water. I think like 20% of the time, instead of like 95% of the time. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's basically saying that when you're in an environment that's suiting your connection, all these basic core needs from like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, this connection, this love, this challenge, this perp, whatever it is, you're not going to go to these external stimuli or whether through drugs or porn to like try to satisfy that need, right? And another example of this is Vietnam vets, right? That were addicted to opiates. When they got back to America, over 95% of them stopped using the drug because they were back in a social environment that was connecting with them, with other people. So our society nowadays, more than ever, we're, we're lacking that connection, that actual real face-to-face -face connection. We're trying to connect through our phones, which doesn't give the same psychological benefit that we actually need. Yeah. Yeah, like when I was having a threat. So when internet porn, when our actually it was more of our when our Wi-Fi connections were fast enough to stream <laughs> without interruption. By that point, my my social life was was thriving, and I was actually with real women. Yeah. So it was like it didn't it wasn't even a temptation really. And it's like when I if I tell that to a guy, he's just like, "This is not how you use porn, David." <laughs> to do it on a regular basis you got to build it up to, yeah. it's like your daily medicine right <laughs> yeah right it's just like uh you know taking your uh, with cereal or your coffee um but yeah it'll prevent you from getting that connection as well so you get used so what i've noticed the most is i start to be able to tell when i'm getting a message from a guy who uses porn when it's not about porn because what'll happen is when he finally does go on a Tinder date or whatever it is, because of course he's, it's a Tinder date because they're glued to their devices because the porn's on there. Uh, they're not yes. meeting people in real life. Yes. So anyway, then they go on the Tinder date. Then it's all like all emotions. He's like seeing his future with her. He's oh, interviewing her as a future wife because his sexual yeah. needs are met somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And then of course mm -hmm. that fucks up, right? And But a girl will... She might go for three dates with a guy like that because she's like, oh, this is going to be a deep connection thing, emotions. But it's like sterile because there's very little of that oomph to it because it's 
the sexual part, that that libido, that, that part polarity of the is not, not there. there. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And then it becomes yeah. this needy crybaby guy. Yeah. And she's like, what happened? So that might actually trigger her little crybaby and that creates drama. And he's like, oh, all girls are bitches girls or whatever, are, you know. Yep. And then he just goes back to the porn and like, we, I want a girl who's not going to give me these problems like mm -hmm. these porn girls. And it just creates all kinds of problems that they don't even know the source of because it started from the beginning before he even showed up on the date. Yep. He's wired his brain to get connection or to, to look for some types of connection in other areas. And he's meeting this need in this area. Yeah. And a woman wants the full man, but he's not showing up as the full man. He's showing no. up as this kind of desiccated little boy who needs mommy now, but doesn't realize it. <clears throat> Yeah. And, uh, you know, not just, not just more deviant porn, but I mean, I've had multiple people in my program and just clients in general who they're like, they, they give up on that emotional aspect. They don't know how to train that part. They just want to give up. And so they end up, you know, satisfying that need through prostitutes, right? Because it's once it's actually a physical connection is that there's a little bit more there, but you know, no emotions at all. That emotional EQ is like out the window. Right. Yeah. Right. And then, yeah. And then they train that. <laughs> so then, yeah. Um, and then they're wondering, years down the road why am i single still mm -hmm. and it's this now we're having to fight years of a, of a habit right that and yeah. it's not just a physical action it's happening in the brain neural pathways being formed and being triggered by certain stimuli that's right. so the earlier you get to it the better um and uh yeah so i didn't realize just how bad this was until we ran that uh promotion for that course a while ago Mm -hmm. And now I'm very motivated to, to uh, research more in this area and help guys. Um, so Love this it. is awesome that you're doing this yes. uh, course. So we, yeah, we did a, a webinar a bit back and um, I'll put the link to that. Um, and you can see whether the course is open um, at that link. Um, is there anything that you want to say about the, the course of program? Um, it opens, it's not, it opens at certain times of the year. And um, so yeah. you'll probably hear more about it um, if you go watch that uh, webinar replay. Yeah, I mean, sure. um, so I can tell, I can speak a little bit about it if guys are probably curious. I mean, just about what, what does it entail? What's it, was it like involved? Um, so I basically took, when I first started off, I did one on one coaching clients and I was charging like, you know, three to 5K and I kept on paying more and more. And God was helping guys quit porn. And I was like, how do I help more men, you know, do this for less money? Right. And so I basically put my whole entire 12 week coaching program into the recorded videos. And then I have weekly calls I, every single week. All, like today was one of the calls, Q&A calls. Guys, come on to the, we have like two hours of talk with insights, obstacles. We all kind of just, a brotherhood of guys talking about it each and every week. And then I have the private Facebook group. And that's, just, and there's 24 seven access to uh, my coaches that we talk to throughout the group as well. And that's pretty much what the course involves. Also, you get an accountability partner. And now I'm basically doing these groups. So guys got cohorts, like, so if you come into the group, you come in with like four other guys, try to match them up with like the country and the time zone. And you go through the course with like these four to five other guys. And I'm really trying to promote this like brotherhood and like really expressing your emotions and opening up and being vulnerable. Cause that's, what's going to really create the powerful change, right? It's connecting with other men with the same issue, right? The more, the deeper the wound, the more universal it is. So if we share and get used to guys creating an atmosphere of like sharing, they're really going to overcome this problem. So that's essentially what the course details out. I mean, each week is specifically designed to lead you down to that part of like these deeper parts of your subconscious process, the habit formation, your identity level change, all that good stuff. So awesome. Yeah, that sounds very thorough. Uh, and I yeah. love the, the accountability and the community aspect. It's vital. It. It's vital. Yeah. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, mm -hmm. And it's one of those things that most guys feel like they're dealing with on their own because there's so much shame around it. So knowing that's that so there's a group and then it kind of makes it in, into like a kind of a jock kind of thing. So now you can take pride in how long you, you know, so I, I know that there are abstinence type of uh, like Reddit threads and stuff like that. 
mm-hmm. but they don't go deep enough, um, not nearly. And they're trying to use this willpower to just just stop. Yeah. And um, it, yeah, so we already we've already talked about how futile that is. But adding in the community aspect to the deeper psychological work, I think is just fantastic. So mm-hmm. um, anyway, I'll, I'll put the, the link to the, the webinar that we did. And um, hopefully these guys can follow you and figure out uh, uh, when the next opening for the course is. And uh, yeah. it's awesome that you're you're doing that. Thanks. I was just going to say, it made me think of a thought when you said the willpower. Like, I, I always relate everything back to dating because it was the first level of mastery that I got to. It's like using willpower is like walking up to a girl and say, okay, if I try harder to get her to like me, she'll like me more. <laughs> <laughs> right. If I just persist like me. Like in me. <laughs> getting her eye contact, that'll <laughs> look at me, goddammit. <laughs> Do you see how much I like you? Do you see? <laughs> yeah, yes, kind of same way to get the, the cops called on you. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> Awesome, man. Well, thanks for that illuminating discussion and yeah. uh, keep up the good work, man. Thank you, Dr. So, uh, yeah, I hope the guys uh, go check out the webinar we did and uh, and love to hear from you guys about your struggles with um, this area of your life. And if you need any further help, feel free to reach out. And thanks again, Josh Hudson. Thank you.